All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony 
In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted hormone harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany. And I'm Germany. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, my beloveds. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. Good. New week, new I'm team. I'm alive. <laughs> Where we kiki with you when you kiki with we. Let's get it. So how was your weekend? What's What's new? Um, nothing new as it go as it pertains to the weekend. Mm-hmm. This was this one was more on the chill side. Yeah, coming off of the backs of um, Coachella. Oh no, we didn't go to Coachella. <laughs> um, we went to Mexico City. We did. We didn't go to Coachella at all, y'all. But Coachella did happen. It did, but we were not there. But um, wasn't there? Did you see that um, Baby King brought out Kendrick? No, I didn't. For a weekend, too. I said, okay, they did something. I didn't. I didn't see But that. he did. Um. So, yeah, the week the week from after Mexico City. The week after? After. <laughs> shit, bitch, that's what it was. Dragged. Dragged, okay? Right. So, the weekend was spent trying not to be dragged. Trying to recover and gain yeah. some footing. How was your weekend? My weekend was solid. Um... I don't know what I did on Friday. I think it was really um, rather low key, maybe. I don't know. I feel like it was chill. On Saturday, I was in full TT mode. On Friday, you went to recital. I did. No, that was Thursday. Oh, no, that was Friday. Okay. I was in full TT mode for two days, 48 hours straight. Yeah, I was a TT. Yes, I went to my niece's father daughter dance recital. Which was just the cutest little ting ever. I said, wow, I wish I had a dad. (laughs) (laughs) To dance with my father Father again. again. That was it. I really loved that song as a child, as a young girl. I love that one. And I also love daddy. 
by Beyonce. I don't think I like daddy. I want. Fuck no. My unborn child. To be like my daddy. I hated it. I want my husband. I hate it. Ugh. And she got that. Your husband was like your daddy. Doggish. No. <laughs> Doggish ways. Oh my, my God. Daddy. No, I, I hate that song. But um, there is no one. Stop it, please. But it was really cute to see all she those little the veil over her. Eyes. Brittany, just get over it, please. Okay. It was really cute to see all those little girls with their fathers yeah, and just what a joy. dancing and, and you know, experiencing that experiencing that special little love. What a way to heal laying her child. I know, and I think you don't realize it until you see it happening. Like she's gonna look back on that and remember, like, oh, we did the father daughter dance. Nigga. Daughters asked, with fathers. Right. I'm like, hmm. she was like I asked Adrian, I said now, what do you do if you don't have a father? And she was like, I mean, father figure. I'm like, you know, no. If you're no, a daughter with would, no son, I, I mean, mean, if you're a daughter with no dad, you already know I'm not deferring to my father figure. Yes, you would. If I would you, defer to my father figure if he was really like a stepdad, not well, a male no, in my no, home. No, no, because kids at that young age, they want to participate. So all they need is a man there I wouldn't, to I would dance with them so that they don't feel completely left out. Like, this is my big cousin. I could not. Whoever. Like, you're not thinking that deeply when you're a young child. You're just thinking, I want to participate in the activity. Uncle maybe can do it. That was a problem. My, my uncles were raggedy, too. <laughs> not that my dad was raggedy, but, you know, my dad oh, was not raggedy. But I don't. I didn't have no. It just, was, it just wasn't for my. Fending for self. Right. But it, it was beautiful to see her get it. So, shit. Yeah. Healing through the children. This generation. Yeah. Will be um, better than the, the previous. And that's all we got to do. Keep getting better. And then on Saturday, I uh, ran it back and I was babysitting all day. So that was really cute. I brought them a little hot cocoa. <laughs> Judah's so cute. Watching him drink his little hot cocoa hot on the floor. Cocoa. You know, it's so cute seeing kids with them little Starbucks cups because they look They're so adorable. Ma mature. They're um, adorable. These kids are privileged. They are. But you know, when I was younger, my mom's friend, Sabrina was her name. What's her name, Sabrina? Shanita. It was Shanita. <laughs> Shanita. She used to bring me and Wook those 25 cent um, long rope candies. It was like a taffy. Oh, the Laffy Taffy. Yeah, yeah the I Laffy love Taffy. Those. And the long, Girl, it was only Shanita. like 25 or 50 cent. And it was such a treat. Every time she came, she would bring us a little something, something. So you want to be the one that comes with a little something, something. I always do. I feel, I feel good when I do it. So I was like, I brought him a little hot chocolate. And we just had a real good day so um i really enjoyed being with them well that's fun and then sunday me and my girl here we did a little shopping oh i forgot about that yeah we went to lunch had a great lunch a little and then lunch did a little went, shop yeah do a little, little shop. shop yeah i wish i had a ppp do a little ah. no, do a little. he said wanna what did he say i wish i had a ppp <laughs> wanna do a he said do a little uh, do a little shop <laughs> did a little shop yeah we did a little shop you know it's really funny how much you see you don't have girl and you got to go out and apply a little pressure yeah so we had to go get our closets together child because we really don't have shit we did a closet audit yeah my shit is bare bones i need to do, i feel like i need to like do another skeleton. one i tried to put on a pair of jeans today and it wasn't a vibe they weren't fitting 
And then I put on these ones, and they were damn near not fitting as well. I'm like, okay. Like too tight or too up too big? Tight. Okay, yeah, it gets bust out. Yeah. Bust like, loose. And, you know, I'm I'm usually wearing a crop top. So the too tight jean. Yeah, it's not It's not, not a good combo, yeah. Not very flattery. It's not. My closet, but showing the bare, bees, bare, bare bones. You seen that meme that was like, uh, I can't wait to bring, don't, don't let me bring my tool out. And instead of going... The bones was <laughs> rattling like that's my closet. I even gotta walk in with my tool out. Boom, boom. And then it's like, yeah, the bones is rattling, child. My bone, it's my, getting too loud. Yeah, my closet bones are rattling. Yeah, but I, I think it's good because honestly, I had so much shit that I was not wearing, and I'm like, now I can see what I really don't have. I That'll know, make you, you know, jump into mode. Like, let me go ahead and get some shit. You know what we really should be shopping for, but I guess we have to start somewhere fall winter bitch no i got i'm saying that's how because when that season comes we will already be geared up for it i'm no i get it i I get it we're behind (laughs) we're behind and we're playing keck shop however i'm saying when we keck shop then we'll be going season ahead exactly it's giving season ahead so you know yeah i know i'm in a minor league right now rookie rookie to the game i'm just getting my feet wet again so and i think that's a way to kind of Stay ahead, stay ahead of, of the trends too, because if you go to the mall and do all, say like if you revamp your wardrobe all at once, the shit's gonna be in and out so quick. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of the same stuff too, same fabric, same yeah. patterns, same materials. Right. So yeah, I think right now we're getting in a good habit. If you just pick up things here and there, then you and also you can't burn it all out. You can't get That's it. That's why in. you have to pick up here and there. Right. Because, you know, we'll be like, I got six tops. Every time I go out for the next six weeks, I'm rotating right. a new top Especially in. if you go out frequently. Yeah, no. It'll be easy to run through your shit. So, yeah, that's what Sunday entails. And I, I've gotten enough neon. When I was hanging my shit up today, I said, I have enough green tops. And orange. You're done. Yeah. Time for some basics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> basics. Yes, it is. So, yeah, that was the weekend. Yes. But you know what it else it's time for? What? The ratings and the reviews. Man. Y'all, what's going on? I. Y'all don't give a fuck to give us our words anymore? What's good? It's not giving a give a fuck. So, the ratings and reviews are very important to our show. It helps other girls say, hey, maybe this podcast is for me. So, if you like what you hear, and if you appreciate what we do here, then just take a few moments to leave a few um, kind words and a rating. If you listen over on Spotify, it's super easy there. You can just click your star and go, yeah. which I will say the girls who are listening on Spotify are coming through. We're at 331 ratings or some shit. Okay. So um, by the time this comes out, let's let's. See. It sounds like they're crawling in. Weren't we just at 320? No. Were we? Are they crawling? It's I thought she was crawl. walking. It's Let giving, me just stop, y'all. Just show it's us. It's giving crawl. Let it's giving just, tummy time. I don't even think just, they're crawling. It's giving tummy time. Stop it. Get up. Stand up. <laughs> you love to say stand, stand up. up. So, Brittany, um, what's our review of the week? You want to read that? Our re- review of the week comes from um, Naisa Samuel. Do a little shot. Flowers. <laughs> That's what it says. Flowers. Finally. Long, long, long overdue. Today, I am holding myself accountable and giving you ladies your flowers. I am truly blessed that I found your podcast. It's been a staple on my rides to and from school. I love the energy that you both share and radiate. 
You guys keep me laughing and on the edge of my seat with every drop gem and wisdom. I live for the days a new episode comes out or I recap on previous episodes. Continue doing y'all thing. You guys are amazing. Much love from Florida. Thanks, boo-boo. We appreciate you for... Florida. Yes, for your words. City girl. Thank you. Um... On the back end, we have a few girls who are swinging on over to Patreon. Yeah, very few. Uh, Patreon <laughs> is our exclusive community where we just provide more of the content that you already love. So there's affirmations, which by the time you hear this, the new affirmations for uh, May, Mental Health Awareness Month, will have been loaded up. Yes. We also have bonus episodes, um, playlists, just a slew of content over there. All the vi- if you love, it really the- is a slew. Yeah, video content, ad free episodes. Um, there's just a lot to dive in over there. So let's shout out our patrons, y'all. Our patrons this week we have Simone. Hey, Simone girl. Jalisa. Hey, Jalisa. And we have a bestie. Sarah. Hey, Sarah girl. Thanks for joining us at the bestie level. You really getting the tea, right? So, yeah, get your asses over there. That's it. Get over there. We also have our bonus episode mm-hmm. for last month's series, Reclaim the Brain. Mm-hmm. How to prevent bad moods. So if you're into that, which you, I'm sure you will be, um, it's over there for you. Yeah. So. So last week's episode, we wrapped up our Reclaiming the Brain. Reclaim the Brain. Boom, boom, boom. And part four was all about reframing comparison. So this was a really great and funny conversation. It was. Um, just help us put into perspective and differentiate between upward and downward comparison and how to navigate um, just comparison in our everyday life. We explored the social comparison theory, which helps put into context what it is that we're feeling when we're considering our level status against someone else's. Mm -hmm. So um, mainly we were talking about the benefits of comparison, how we can use it to our advantage and just reprogram ourselves in the way we think about comparison. Yeah. If you have not listened, go ahead and get back there because it was a goodie. It was. I enjoyed the conversation. Same. Per the use. Per the use. There's only a few that I don't. And sometimes that ain't even my fault. <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, this week we are um, kicking off our new series um, for, me- for mental, health- mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah don't know what the clever name is yet (laughs) but this is what we're chatting about so we're going to be talking about all things mental health one of our favorite topics and one of your favorite topics too because that's what y'all said and we're kicking it off with boundaries boundaries are so very important we have an amazing guest Yasmin Cheyenne host of the Sugar Jar podcast and the app and she dropped gems on this so I don't need to say anymore we're just going to hand it over because Yasmin says everything that needs to be said and yeah We'll see you on the other side. Hey, y'all. So today we have an amazing guest with us, Yasmin Cheyenne, who is an wellness advocate, a self-healing expert, and also the host of the Sugar Jar podcast, which Germany and I are both fans of. And if you love this show, you'll love that show, too. So I'm very excited to be having this conversation with Yasmin. Welcome to the show. 
thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with y'all. Yes. yes. We're super excited. Um, like I, like Brittany was mentioning, we love the Sugar Jar podcast and the content that you create. Um, I personally love how digestible it is. It's like short, pithy, right to the point, yeah. and easy for the ADD girls to just like <laughs> get what they need and go. So um, I just really appreciate that. So thank you again for creating such amazing content. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you find yourself in this wellness space? I know we all have different journeys of how we land here, but like get, share with our listeners a little bit about your journey and how you landed here. You know, I honestly feel like wellness found me. Mm. I was not looking. I didn't know what wellness was. No one I knew was on any kind of, you know, we wouldn't even have used the word mental health right. or have discussed that at home, right? So when I was in the military, um, I had a, a what's called a special duty, which was being a victim advocate. Mm. And during that time, I worked heavily with uh, survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, child abuse, seeing how I was able to hold space for them, help them transition through such a very painful time. And the questions that started to come to my mind, like, okay, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Like after the case is over, like, what happens to them? Who is right. going to help them? You know, for, that's when I really began to not only become interested in how how people can get assistance outside of their trauma, but like I've been holding space for all of these people. I need support for what I have just witnessed, and yes. it just it kind of just planted the seed for me there. One, Yasmin, you can hold space for people through really hard times. Two, but you need healing too. And that's yes. kind of when it started. Love that. I love that. Love that. It's good to know what you need. So um, speaking about how wellness found you, the Sugar Jar podcast, and just the concept mm-hmm. of the Sugar Jar in itself, um, what I, I personally love the concept. I already know what it is, but can you explain to our listeners what it is? It's such an amazing digestible way to just think about what you need and getting what you need. So explain that to us. Sure. So that also found me. Thank goodness. I love that. <laughs> thankful that it found me. Um, I was in my kitchen. I was in my kitchen. I had just come off maternity leave. It was my first week back to work and I was overwhelmed. Every boundary I thought I had put in place, every conversation I thought I had, everything I thought I did to protect my energy was gone. I was tired. My, my baby was tired. I, I, we were just done. And I was recording a vo- voice note sharing that like I felt like sugar because mm-hmm. you know if you spill sugar it's just a mess yes. it gets everywhere you're gonna find it for weeks um yes but we have the sugar in a jar so that it can be kept safe but if you leave the lid off of it not only can it get out but stuff can get into it it can just become a mess it can be spilled over and so i recognize that we don't just need Like my energy, right, is the sugar, my money, my time, my attention, anything that I could give to anyone, that's what's in the jar. That's my sugar. Mm -hmm. The jar itself might be the boundaries I have in between me and other people, spoken or unspoken, but without the lid on my jar, which is really that permission piece, then people can just take what they want. People can just take sugar because the jar is open. Mm -hmm. And most people are like, well, you left the lid off your jar. I'm not going to ask you whether you want me to take it or not. I'm going to assume it's for the taking. You don't have, it's for the taking. <laughs> it's open, baby. Yeah. 
so I realized, oh my gosh, I got all these boundaries in place. Yeah, I have my sugar in a jar, but I don't really have my lid on my jar. So that's when it was time for me to start really putting those firm boundaries in place, not only with other people, but with myself, Mm -hmm. because I'm the one who's responsible for putting that lid on. So what was keeping me from doing that? Yeah. The guilt, the, you know, all of the things. And so the sugar jar became the way that I could easily teach what I was already teaching, but everything can be easily digested I think Mm -hmm. through understanding what happens with a jar and the cool thing about it is everybody has a different jar Mm -hmm. right we don't have you know when you envision that jar some people everybody sees something different yeah so it allows people to personalize it too Yeah. yeah I love that because um typically we consider or we have this uh idea around conserving our energy and i use the concept of like a bank right there's mm-hmm. withdrawals there's deposits a healthy amount of both is like okay everything is operating well but your concept of the sugar jar even thinking about it in in reference of like amount like cups like i need four cups of sugar. I need five mm-hmm. cups of sugar. It makes it so much more, um, I guess from a visual standpoint, like, okay, actually huh, there's one cup in here and right. I'm not operating. Yeah. well. Right. I need to put some it's things right. back, you know, as opposed to like the bank It's just like, Oh, what's coming, what's going. It's not as like, I guess it's like not the, as transactional. Yeah. The, the bank is somebody else's. Yeah. Mm. The sugar jar lives in your kitchen and so you get to keep it in your house. Period. Yeah. Period. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was listening to something and you shared like your acronym for the word sugar, taking it even Mm -hmm. a step further. Can you share with us what that is? Because I was like, the way we are really tapping into this sugar (laughs) is just it for me. Because I've always looked at it as a sweetener. But now I'm looking at it bigger. (laughs) The sweet tooth piece. Oh, I hope I remember it by heart. Um, It's it's sugar. It's S, say no. You use your voice. G, give to yourself too. A, always check within. And R, resist the urge to overgive. Mm. And it's kind of like a reminder to yourself on how you're going to not only interact with others, but like checking in with yourself. We we, we love to talk about how other people are taking advantage of us and using us. And sometimes there are those things, you know, in, in cases of abuse, in cases of situations where there's manipulation and things like that, people are taking advantage of us. That is also true. But it's really important that we recognize the ways in which we allow a lot of stuff. We ignore our red flags. Mm -hmm. We, you know, think we're going to save folks. We (laughs) take on projects. All of the things that we do that there's already like a flag inside, like, hey, we ain't got energy for this. This isn't aligned with us. Right. And we just ignore it. We ignore it because we love people. We ignore it because we hope that people are going to come with us, but we cannot bring people along kicking and screaming. They have to choose it. Right. Mm. And so, yeah. It gives big martyr energy. Yeah. You know, wanting to do hella much and then you be resentful, but really it's like you allowed yourself or you, you put yourself in this position where now you're doing all of the things and upset when you know you're spread too thin, I know. So the boundaries piece. Sometimes we don't even know. Yeah, sometimes we don't know what stretch spread too thin because if you identify as a strong friend, especially uh, just black women in general, listen. we you know we tend to hold everything without. I mean, I you know I don't I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up seeing the the women in my life breaking down. Mm. There would be like everything happening around, yeah. and it would be like. Dinner will still be ready at the same time. You know, like life would just keep continuing on. And I think there's there's so much that we carry. um, But we don't have to be the 
foundation that everyone comes back to in in which we hold all burdens, all wisdom. Like we need to let a lot of people to take care of their own sugar jars. Like this is not a community kitchen, Mm. right? This kitchen just holds my jar and those (laughs) of the people I take care of. Yeah. And then people can be responsible for their, for their own. And it, it takes a while for us to get to that space because we often believe like, if I don't do it, then they're not going to do it. And sometimes we have to allow people to figure that out. Yes, and not be yes. that piece. Let people hit the ground if they have to. And I feel like you have to be the soft landing place. It's like, you know what? You did this. You figure it out. I'm taking myself mm-hmm. out of it. Can't always be here. Yeah. And you mentioned um, boundaries. And boundaries are so important because they teach people how to treat us. And they help preserve mm-hmm our energy and just our mental health overall, which our is sugar. Yes. So important. <laughs> yeah. So the thing with boundaries is although they're very necessary, they can be super hard to enforce. Mm. They're intimidating. Um, we're fearful mm. that we may lose some people that we really care about because most of the time that's who we're setting boundaries with, right? The people that we're in frequent interaction with, it's mm-hmm. much easier in my opinion to set a boundary with, somebody off the street it's just like you know what you don't know me I don't know you but what we're not gonna do is this yeah whereas with other people that we love and we care about it's hard so uh do you have any suggestions on like how we can set healthy boundaries and enforce them Mm -hmm. so you you know I think I want to say you just said uh boundaries teach others how to they, they treat, teach people how to treat you, mm-hmm. but they also teach you how to treat you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not on, honoring your own boundaries, then you're not respecting your own needs. And mm-hmm. the number one thing that I like to teach people to start with is self-boundaries, which is the boundaries that we have with, uh, with ourselves. If I said that I'm going to do this each day, I'm going to drink this much water, I'm going to go outside, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And the moment that someone says, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? You do I, it. Com- you do it then I'm not honoring my own boundaries, which means I'm more likely to not advocate for my boundaries externally. Mm -hmm. So let's start with your internal boundaries first, your self-boundaries. What do you need? What feels good to you? What do you want to do more of each day? What contributes to your joy? What doesn't? And how can you begin to put those boundaries in place? Like, for example, I love to use this example. I use it so often. I feel bad. But do not disturb my phone. Yes. That is a boundary that one doesn't need to be explained because my phone just does it for me. I don't even, it's just on. Two, if someone asks me, hey, I texted you, did you not see it? Then I can say, oh, I have do not disturb one. Actually, now if you have an iPhone, they did that for you. It says notification. Period. (laughs) Don't call me. (laughs) Don't, and don't deliver it. You know, you can also bypass it. Now, once they're doing that, then it's given. Girl, what the hell oh, are you doing? Oh, they can bypass it? Yes. Oh, wow, I didn't know Yeah, that. you can send a notification anyway. Girl. But, you know, you know, if it's an emergency or something like that, that, I think that's why they probably put it. But I think it's important that we recognize, like, just with that particular boundary, if you think, I have to now let everybody know why I put this in place. Do you really have to let everybody know? Or do you feel like you have to explain your boundaries? Because if people don't understand why you set them, because you want people to validate your boundaries, too. Mm. Because you want people to agree with your boundaries. Because not everybody's going to agree with your boundaries. Not everybody's going to like the new choices you're making. You have to decide whether you're doing this for them or for you. Right. So that's, that's the first piece. Then the second piece is the external boundaries, the ones we have with people that we're in relationship with, that we're connected to. You know, for some people, they struggle with setting boundaries, boundaries with strangers too. Yeah. With 
you know, allowing, you know, with, with saying what matters and what doesn't. But most people struggle with those personal boundaries with the people that they are in relationship with closely, their families, their partner, you know, friends. And I think you really have to ask yourself, what service am I doing to this relationship by not setting these boundaries? Like, for example, most likely if you don't have healthy boundaries in your relationship, you are often pissed with people and they don't know it. Yeah. You're resentful. Mm. You feel um, overwhelmed. You might feel used. You're harboring all of these emotions that may, may or may not be communicated. Is this contributing to the relationship that you believe you're upholding by not setting boundaries? Mm. Or is it actually contributing to an unhealthy relationship that could potentially be closer if people understood what you needed? Now, I always tell people this, boundaries do cause some relationships to end. Mm -hmm. But the only reason that they may cause them in, in, in most cases is because they were in relationship with you because you didn't have boundaries. Oh, shit. So now that you have them... <laughs> They they're they're out. Yeah. The people who love you may struggle with the choices that you make in the way the relationship changes, but they will be happy that you are choosing yourself. Mm. The people who struggle with you being healthy and happy and choosing yourself and not just putting them first, those are the places where boundaries usually, you know, in those relationships. They do. You know, I find it most difficult to implement boundaries with my mom. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, um, I just feel like we've had a few instances where, and it's usually every couple years, like as I mature mm -hmm. and as I grow into like my adulthood and, and more, more than that, my womanhood, um, it pushes against our mother daughter dynamic a little bit, whereas things that she probably at one point felt like she could say very freely to me, where at this point in my life, I'm like, Oh, hold on girl. That's actually off limits and off the table. Mm -hmm. But I found that like you mentioned, choosing myself and what I need to feel um, my best in our relationship is implementing like, hey, mom, you I don't really that's not up for discussion. That's not up for, you know, us to talk about. And it's not that I'm saying it in a mean way, but I'm saying it in a way that also validates my own experience because I don't want to be upset with you every time you bring this thing up and then we now we beefing, now we right. talking. You know, I don't want to do that. So it's difficult. And I know that a lot of people have those issues with their parents and, you know, sometimes a rift can come between us. And you mentioned that these relationships will either, you know, sustain themselves after the boundaries have been implemented or they'll fall to the wayside. And in those, ex in those situations or instances where they fall to the wayside, how do we handle that transitionary phase? Like, right. That transitional phase rather. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to say, I, I love that you brought up the relationship with parents because I think it's important to mention that just because our parents don't honor our boundaries, it doesn't mean that they don't love us and they don't care about us. Definitely. A lot of times our parents feel like, I brought you here. Right. You're going to listen, do what I want. I didn't have no boundaries as my parents. I don't know who you think you are right. in this place with me. You know, so we are in this place where generationally the the conversations and the, the the things that we want to be communicated are shifting and changing. And so yes. our parents are learning and growing with us as yeah. we're putting these things in place. Um, but when we have those relationships where there's those transitions, the relationships that we're setting boundaries in, where we know we're going to keep the relationship, both people are interested in being in communication, connected partnership. It doesn't have to be romantic. This could be platonic or familial as well. 
one of the things that is important to do is to have healthy communication. Mm -hmm. No one can read your mind and reading minds is not a sign of love. Mm. A lot of times we think like, oh, you should just know what I need because you love me. Guilty. You know, we We have to say what we need. So Mm -hmm. when you feel yourself having that boundary violation moment, like, oh, I don't like that they did that. Give yourself a moment to process it and then say, hey, remember when you said that when we were in that group of people? Mm. I know you were just joking, but like, I didn't like that. You know, it kind of hurt me. Yeah. Learning how to have that in place so that they recognize, oh, I thought you were cool with that. You don't like that. Okay. That's how we put those boundaries in place. Now you have that conversation. And then the next time y'all in a group, they make that same joke. Now you have a choice to make. Yeah. And it's not like, I'm not saying you have to cut them out of your life, but how are you going to advocate for that boundary from here on? Are you going to, you know, say something to them right then and there? Are you going to let them know like, Hey, don't do this again. Like what are you going to maybe not tell them certain things so they can't joke about it publicly? Like mm-hmm. you begin to have choices because we, we can advocate with people but we can't control what people say or do. And that's the tough part with upholding those boundaries. People can still decide to do what they want. When they do that, that's when you have to make the hard and tough decisions, sometimes without them involved. Right. They just giving peace out. That's so true. Like um, (laughs) that's happened to me before, allowing space for other people to um, impede on boundaries that were kind of loose. And sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to implement a hard boundary, like for instance, with the um, do not disturb feature or the blocking feature. If someone's continuously calling your phone that you don't want calling, then instead of just, I would be like telling them, you got to stop calling me. You got to stop calling me. I don't want you calling me at this hour or this frequently. Uh, and they weren't listening. They were just doing what they wanted to do. I'm like, well, now you have to be blocked because clearly Mm -hmm. you don't respect the loose boundary that I had in place, which was me verbalizing that I didn't like the time that they were calling or the frequency that they were calling. And they were like, well, there's nothing moving me to stop doing this. So I had to take the responsibility and the accountability by implementing the block feature, because it's like, at this point, if I keep it like this, then there's not going to ever be change. And it's going to turn into my fault, I guess. I am I guess that's what it would be. It's like, okay, there's an additional step that you can take mm-hmm. to make sure that the boundary is actually enforced. So you have to take it, even though it's maybe tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think boundaries aren't from a place of blame or shame. I love to talk about boundaries. They are loving things. When we put boundaries in place, we are showing people, you matter to me. I want to keep you around. I'm teaching you what makes me feel good so that our relationship continues. Mm -hmm. Right? People that we care about, like our coworker or our boss or something like that, we may have boundaries in place, but we're not going to be as heavily invested maybe in those relationships as we are with the people completely close to us. So boundaries are things that we're doing to teach people how to love us, treat us, make us feel safe, because that's what boundaries do. It's about safety. Mm-hmm. When we don't feel safe, we we often act different than we would when we do. Um, and that's different for everybody, whether it's telling somebody off, whether it's shutting down, whether it's isolating, we do whatever it is we need to do to feel safe again. Vulnerability is allowing people to see that you're hurt. Mm-hmm. that you are affected, that this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Once you share that information, if they can't respect that, then it's back to implementing what will help you to feel safe. Like you said with the block feature, 
or with the do not disturb feature, um, there are still people who will call me um, even though I have do not disturb on. The, the question is, do you have, you don't have to answer it. Mm. Are you, do you answer it? And I mean, sometimes I will, cause I'll say, oh, is everything okay? Oh, you know, I just want to check in. I say, oh, okay, well, I'm, you know, about to go to bed. I'll talk to you. I'll call tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Boundaries don't mean that you are the only one running the show. Then tomorrow I have to ask them, what time works for you? Because I'm honoring their boundaries. Right. And then we decide together, we compromise. We find a way that we can honor each other. So I think that's also important because boundaries aren't ultimatums. We're not saying you're going to do this or else. It's mm-hmm. this is what makes me feel best. And then they get to sometimes counter and say, this is what makes me feel best. Now, for example, not wearing shoes in our house. (laughs) If you have a rule (laughs) where no one wears shoes in the house, there's no compromise there. Like, if you want to come inside, you need to take your shoes off. Period. Or stay outside and I'll talk to you through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We have very firm boundaries. But if it's in a relationship or a friendship or a family relationship, Maybe you're saying like, hey, mom, I don't want that's off. That's off topic. You can't bring that up. And maybe your mom comes back and says, hey, but I think that I can help you with this. If, if you become open mm-hmm. to this advice in the future, let me know. I'd like to share it with you. Then you can say, OK, I'll think about it. And, and, and that's what you come to that place of. Like they are fluid. Boundaries change. And that's why I love the jar. Yeah. Because we get an opportunity to see how the, our energy changes based on what boundaries we put in place. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and... Also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? 
Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the true accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories, and I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code BRAVADO at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code BRAVADO for 10% off today.
was actually listening to one of your podcast episodes and you had uh, mentioned the like the great part about being in community with people who understand and respect your boundaries because it becomes a little easier, right? Where we can have conversations around boundaries and for instance, or the example that you were kind of explaining, and I think it would be great for our listeners to hear is like, if you know that your friend does not go out or do certain things that respecting their boundary is like, I'm not even going to invite her to that mm-hmm. because you put her in a position to be like, I don't want to go. Right. Or even yourself, if you know that you don't want to go or do certain things, then it's like, don't put yourself in a position to have to decline just, you know, or lie about not going just, you know, actually that's not my type of vibe. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Um, and I think that that put in the forefront in my mind and what I can't, I actually do in some of my relationships when I know that a certain event or a thing is not my friend's vibe, I won't even put them in a position to have to say no, because I understand this is their boundary. That's not what they like to do. Right. And I don't want to pressure them or make them feel bad, badly for not being able to do it. So I think that's a, a really good piece for everyone to, I guess, implement and practice is not only are we respecting our other, our own boundaries, but learning how to respect other people's boundaries. Very important. Yeah. I think that's important. And I think only if you know your friends or family members boundary beforehand, right? Because we don't want to also get in the place of thinking for them or like codependently like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to say, if they said, Hey, don't invite me to any events where there's drinking, maybe they're, you know, sober Mm -hmm. right now. Um, then you know if the event is going to be at a bar, mm-hmm. you don't even invite them. Right. But if you don't know that, and maybe they're not sober, or you know you don't know necessarily what they want, you can say, "Hey, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to give you this invitation. Let me know, you know, if if you're interested. And if not, it's fine. Like, you know, I catch I, you I on the like, back end. Oh. <laughs> right. Because sometimes people are so afraid to say no to something that we end up getting in more of a tension with our friends when we say, okay, because we think we have to, and then cancel last minute yeah, yeah. or don't show up. And yeah. then we're like, why didn't you just tell me you didn't want to go? Right. So yeah. it's like giving, giving people permission or the opportunity to say no yeah. and, and letting and honoring it as well. Love that. Love that. It's, yeah. It's like the community of we're working together, implementing and honoring. Mm-hmm. That's the process. <laughs> so we've talked yeah. about, enforcing boundaries and a a big part of that and um, all of the self-healing work that we're doing is choosing ourselves right and we've heard so much about I'm choosing myself I'm putting myself I gotta put me first I gotta put me first first. um so how do we choose ourselves and put ourselves first in a healthy way because we don't want to um be selfish I guess or maybe there's there's times where you do need to be selfish but what does choosing yourself first look like yeah, I'll I start with the selfish thing. You know, we often think like, because people are quick to say, oh, you, you're being selfish. People are quick to tell us how we're being selfish. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so you want me to be selfless? Mm. Like, you want me to, like, just give everything? Right. Like, there has to be an in-between. Yes. So when we're choosing ourselves or prioritizing ourselves, let's use the sugar jar for the example. If I look in my jar and I only have a cup of sugar, that means I'm pretty much on eat. Like, if yes. I'm driving a car... And it says I got 40 miles to go, but my destination is 75. At some point, I got to stop. Yeah. Yeah, you so really did. At my jar, if I'm looking at my jar, I, I, I can see that I'm already on E. I'm going to ask myself, do I actually have any more to give to anything else that I'm outside of what I'm committed to? Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have a partner. Maybe you have a job. 
those are things that you're committed to. You have to give to those things. But do I have room for anything else? If the answer is no, it's learning to put that lid on your jar. I'm closed for business right now Mm -hmm. and give to yourself. So when you do take care of yourself, like when you meet up with your friends who feel good to be around, you're, you're filling your sugar jar by doing that so that you actually get to reap the benefits of all the self-healing work that you're doing. If you continue to overgive and overcommit, then you're not filling your jar up for you. You're filling your jar up for everybody waiting in line to get a spoonful of what you got. Mm. So you have to really begin to prioritize like, okay, how do, when do I feel best? Mm-hmm. Do I feel best at a half a jar of sugar? reforce a jar of sugar because we're never going to be on full because we're not perfect there's no perfectionism right Mm. we're constantly giving and exchanging so asking yourself when do I feel best some people can operate at a cup of sugar in their jar they may have a smaller jar meaning Mm. they're like I only have room for the eight people in my life right there's some people I know people like that that I do too I do too yeah just work that's it and then there's some people who are at every communion, every wedding, every everything that everybody has going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. I the know somebody like jar, that too. <laughs> yeah, the bigger your jar, you're responsible for filling that up. Our friends and family do not pour into us mm-hmm. when it comes to the sugar jar concept anyway. You know, people say, I like to pour into her. So you're holding space for her. Right. And what by you holding space for her or them, they are given the opportunity, you know, some of us, when we're in community with each other, like hanging out or spending time together, when someone holds space for you, you feel seen. And by being able to speak your truth, by being able to hear their advice, you feel, you begin to fill your own jar up. It's your sugar. Nobody else's sugar goes in your jar. Mm-hmm. So nobody's pouring sugar into you. Mm. You have to fill yourself up. Mm. You have to give to yourself. Wow. And that's a, that's a really hard part about prioritizing yourself because a lot of us are waiting for the, the moment that we find the person who's going to give us give to us in the, all the ways we've been overgiving. That sugar. And they'll give you, you some know, sugar. People, but... are, Brittany. people yeah. will show up for you, right? <laughs> people can show up for you. People can be there for you. But that emptiness that you're feeling, that's mm. that's going to be for you to fill. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be by you saying no, by you putting yourself first, by you being clear on what works and what doesn't. Period. And it's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice. And it's not always about selfish. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. self-first or self-full, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hold on, I got to do what I have to do to meet you where you are or to show up and be the best friend, daughter, partner, whatever that looks like. I know personally, um, last week I was feeling overwhelmed and almost a little like my energy was just feeling like chaotic and not like, but you know, in a way where I just did not feel balanced. I did not feel grounded. And I was like, okay, for the few weeks prior, I had been waking up a little earlier. I had been taking time in the morning before I get to work to just Mm. do my devotional and just kind of center myself. And I was feeling so good and energized. And last week I was like, all right, hold on. I have not gotten up early. I have not read my devotional. I'm out here running on fumes and Mm -hmm. I just need everybody to shut up so I could just get myself back in back at one as Brian McKnight said. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like learning. (laughs) I'm learning. I I came to the realization like, oh, my jar is not completely full, as full as it can be if I am not doing these things. Right. If I'm not eating right. Mm -hmm. If I'm not taking my time in the mornings, if I'm not reading my devotional, my jar is not full, which is why I feel 
overwhelmed. I feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I feel unbalanced. So definitely figuring out what it is that that we all need to be our best all the time. Because Chai said, hold on, what the hell? (laughs) Last week I was struggling. I'm like, between work being a mess, all my other responsibilities, I was like, "Uh -uh, Mm uh-uh, she got to take a little time in the morning. That's what it feels like. It feels like taking time in the morning. You have to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people um, kind of make you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn not to take that personal because it's like, if I'm not full, you're really going to be feeling bad because oh, we won't know each other. <laughs> it will be the rest of relationship will be non-existent because yes. like you said, we do have to put ourselves first. And it's the small things, the things that we don't realize until they're um not being implemented Mm -hmm. that matter the most taking the walks reading the devotionals um saying no to maybe an activity or something where you can just reset and restore it's so essential and we should always prioritize that yeah Yeah. i agree yeah and when we are full we show up in our relationships way different than when we're on e we're able to really support people we love we're able to really be there for them where we're able to do that last minute thing when they say hey can you do that right. we have some sugar left over for that yes and we're on e it's like no or it's like it's a resentful yes mm. so you know and nobody wants that no yeah. people can feel your energy yeah. yeah and you know i really like that you even brought up that everybody's jar of sugar is different right some my partner personally i feel like he got a gallon ass jar I'm he like, operating out the bag right yeah he just got the whole <laughs> pound bag i said hold on and my jar way different. Yeah. So he can go do, give, give, give. And I've been having moments where I'm like, okay, I don't want to go. I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I actually don't want to do that tonight. Mm-hmm. He's a like, he just goes out a lot and just always wants to support people. And a lot of times I'm right there. I'm arm in arm with him. Mm-hmm. But last week when my jar was running on half fumes on a little bit of powder sugar, right. I said, <laughs> I actually cannot go. I had to decline the invitation. I said, babe, just go, go without me. And it felt good to me to say, no, like I'm gonna go ahead and stay home because I want to eat dinner at a good time. I want to wake up early. Mm -hmm. I just want to be pouring some sugar back into my damn jar. Right. So even in relationships, right. It's like, you can't expect people to just because we're together, our jar does not look the same. There's a lot of commonality between us, our, you know, foundational, morals ethics all of that but baby we running on different energy sets i'm like yeah you know prioritizing yourself that's literally the act of choosing yourself and then staying home eating at a normal hour going to sleep all of the things all of those things are still in your jar for some people supporting others being around others the energy of that fills them up yes so it's also important to be aware of like what fills you up for some people alone time Mm -hmm. taking time to you know, just have that routine and that normal, what, what you call normalcy helps to keep your jar full. For others, having the sporadicness of not knowing what's another, when another invitation is going to come, not knowing what's going to happen in the night, being with friends, being with people, that fills them up. Mm-hmm. So just being clear on that is helpful too. And not expecting your partner to get in alignment. Like literally what you just talked about is the health is, is a healthy relationship. Yeah. Understanding what you need, your partner understanding what you need and not guilt tripping you into going even though you need it. Him going and doing what made him feel good, you doing what made you feel good. And then you're more able to be on the same page yeah. with someone who respects what you need. Yeah. Right. It's really hard for a lot of people to do that. Yeah, I'm struggling to too, but I'd be like, go ahead and go. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but what I'm learning is what I'm learning is it's what he needs and I want to support him in that. And because I'm understanding it, it's helping me to not be resentful when he does want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like and mm-hmm. I and I'm also learning not to have FOMO. Like it's okay. We yes. at different spaces and different times and we are great together. Mm-hmm. But just go and I can let him go in peace. I'm like, go ahead, babe, go. Cause I'm See you when you get back. Yeah, like that's growth for me, right? It's yeah. like I know what he needs. He's expressed what he needs. I want to honor that. And it just helps both of us. I don't have to be resentful. He doesn't have to be resentful. Everybody's just living in harmony, yeah. which is the way I need it to be. Harmony is key. Don't don't stop me from doing what I need to do. It's yeah. a need because people can look at your needs because they're so drastically different from theirs as maybe not being a necessity. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to go out that much. You don't need to stay in that much when it's like, I actually do. Yeah. This is what's filling yeah. me up. I'm an alone time girl. I'll be like, you know what? I have to separate in my relationship. I'm like, I got to go home. Thank you. Put me- <laughs> I have a home right now. I don't know how it works when you move in with um people. It's you probably different. need a separate yeah. room or something. But <laughs> as of right now, while there are separate residences, I have to go home. <laughs> for a little bit of alone time because that is that I definitely need that and like sometimes it's me in my morning walks alone yeah. not talking on the phone just really tapping into myself I never want to disconnect from myself no matter what relationship that's in if it's just boyfriend girlfriend marriage motherhood friendship whatever that whatever that relationship looks like I have to have alone time yeah you have to mm-hmm. you have to she does <laughs> it's essential for me that's, I think that is, it doesn't have to be alone time for everyone, mm-hmm. but if people recognize like, this is the thing that I need to feel most like myself and hold on to that, no matter how their relationships change, it, it's tough. You know, I'm a mom. So you, you do kind of lose yourself mm-hmm. a bit yeah. um, when you have kids and things like that. And then you have this moment of coming back to yourself, but particularly in relationships, romantic relationships, and particularly in relationships with women and men Mm -hmm. there tends to be this losing of themselves Mm -hmm. in the partnership because of the way society dictates how we should behave right in those relationships the societal ideals around them and although it may not be a separate room (laughs) and and that is how you keep your your space getting up and going to take your walk in the morning by yourself right you know asking for that alone time saying hey that communication like you don't have to you know, for people who are listening and they're like, that's me. I need that. But I live with somebody already. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Communicate what you need. That's what's missing for for a lot of us. When we, you know, when we're, when we live in different places, I remember when I lived in a different place than my, my husband, it was like, okay, I'll see you next weekend. It was, (laughs) that was the boundary. It was like, I need space. Yeah. So I'll see you next week. When you live together, you're not necessarily, you're not going to be like, I see you next week. Right. Right. Unless you're traveling or going to do something. So it's like, Hey, I need some space. Tonight, can you watch a movie downstairs so I can stay upstairs and just have my alone time? You begin to have to communicate a bit more what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and you're wondering how to do that, it's it's the it's the communication that helps your partner understand so that they're not making up a story about why you are pushing them away. Because if people don't know why you're saying you need space, mm. then they start to say, Oh, maybe it's something I did. Maybe right. they don't like me no more. Maybe it's this, maybe, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. It's not you, it's me. That's really healthy. That's why I be letting him play his game in the living room. I said, good night. I will go. I'm not going to stay up with you, baby. I'm yeah. going to bed. I'm yeah. like, do your thing you out here. watch your shows or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, good night, babe. Have fun. Yeah. Um. So here on the show and in our community, we are very big on accountability and ownership. And 
Um, you have the sugar jar check-ins as well that you do on your Instagram. And I've seen a couple where you talk about just those two things, accountability and ownership. Like one of them that really shook me. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, was like when you were like, be mindful of the language that we're using when we say that people have a hold on us. Like mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that. I've been like, you know, um, in relationship, like he has a hold on me for some reason. I can't get out of it. I can't make him stop calling. I can't make him stop popping up. I can't make him leave me alone. Period. And I was using the, I was going with the narrative of he got a hold on me, but you mm-hmm. said that it's not always that someone has a hold on you. Sometimes you're allowing yourself to be held mm-hmm. and you need to take your power back and switch up the narrative. And I was like, who testimony, powerful, a word. <laughs> It was given church. church. And so can you just speak to that? Like um, taking your power back and changing that, that narrative around. Cause I know a lot of the girls, we fall into it. And sometimes it's like an ego thing too. Like he can't let me go or stop it. You know, it's sickening. (laughs) No, it really is. Yeah. No, it really is. Um, First of all, we live in a culture where it's like, you know, I'm trying to get chose, right? Yeah, so it's like this idea that being chosen or being selected or even like, and, and it's so exciting when you get engaged. I'm not trying to take away from any of that. I'm just saying like the, the idea of like, I'm a wife. Yeah. You know, Girl, that's, that's where I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Be one. I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. But I'm saying like, these are things that are a part of our lives. They aren't defining things about who we are, mm-hmm. like who we really are. And when wife or mother or whatever it is begins to, because at some point your children are going to move out. At some point, you're not going to be a newlywed anymore. It's just going to be married. At some point, that that newness that helps us be, you know, we're so enthralled with of, of the defining of it. Um, we ha- It has such a hold on us that it's, hard for us to separate ourselves from the role that we're in like you have other things you run a podcast you probably have a business you probably have a job all of these different things those are things you do they are not who you are and the reason why I say this is because when your marriage is going through its tough parts or when your children are slamming a door (laughs) or when you lose your job or all of those Mm. things if those are what define you then it's easy to fall into that trap of my worth is defined by all of these roles. Yes. And so if these roles aren't doing good, then I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. If my marriage is struggling, then I'm not worthy. If I'm defined mm-hmm. by my marriage, if my, if I'm struggling in parenthood, then I'm not worthy because my parent, I'm not, I'm not an excellent parent. Mm-hmm. If I lose my job and I was defined by my job, then I'm not worthy. If that's what I'm defined by. I like to invite people to define themselves by who they are mm-hmm to separate themselves from all the things that we have in our lives, Mm -hmm. we're choosing those roles. I'm choosing to be a mother. I'm choosing to be a wife. I'm choosing to be in business. I'm choosing to have children. Whatever it is I'm doing, those are things that are a part of my life. And I know for parents specifically, they'll say, no, my kids are my life. Your kids can be your life. Mm -hmm. You know, like they really do become the center of your existence. I get that. And your children cannot fill you up. Period. That is a relationship that is not reciprocal. It's our job to pour into them. They have no role in our lives. Wow. And those are when you see in those relationships, you know, like our children don't have to, to, to do anything for us. I'm talking about actual children. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then when you grow up, like in adult relationships with your kids, you see how the parents sometimes struggle with now it's your turn to give to me. No, that they, they didn't sign up for that. Ooh, that's a real to you. That's a real thing. Cause that's, you know, that's why I want to have kids. I'm like, somebody needs to take and care that, of me when I get older. That is what she says. And that's some people have I mean, kids for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. Because we feel that we feel we're, we're trying to fill ourselves with something external. And that's why the easiest thing to remember is if it's outside myself, then it can't fill my jar. If it's outside myself, mm. then it cannot fill my jar. Mm. Only I can fill my jar. So I said all that to say. When you think that someone has a hold on you or something has a hold on you, I always invite people to, to ask themselves, how are you also holding on? Mm. How are you also still connected? Hmm. How are you thriving off of the idea that this thing is connected to you? Like, how are you living in the moment, the ego of it? Because do you actually want to let them go or do you want them to keep talking about how they have a hold on you? Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's what this is about. And it's okay if it is. This is not from a place of shame or judgment or anything. We have to be honest with ourselves in order to understand what's really going on. You might come to the conclusion of, actually, I like having them around. So I like talking about the fact that they have a hold on <laughs> I'm hoping we get back together. Right. If that's the truth, at least you know it now. Versus, no, actually, I'm really ready to move on from this. Okay, so then it's time to put those boundaries in place because right. you're a part of this cycle. Yeah. When you really get ready, things start changing. Then you really start saying, I'm actually tired. Don't call me no more. And things really hit the fan. <laughs> right. Seriously. Seriously. It's yeah. like, actually, no. Yeah. I mean, I had that same experience and with an ex who was like I was calling me every other week after we broke up. And I said, actually, <laughs> you cannot call me this frequently. You, We are actually not going to be talking. And my number was changed. Yeah. My number was changed. For a while, it was like, oh, that's cute. He's still, you know. Right, can't let go of the girl. Right, he can't let go of the girl. Yeah. But then when I was ready to be held by someone else. Right, now I, he he, was still he's going to let phone. go of me if you don't let me go. <laughs> exactly. So I have, and that's when you had to come in with the scissors. Oh if you were going to play yourself, that's exact. that was what happened with me. Sometimes you need something. <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree, yeah. I agree. Well, yeah. Yasmin, you have really gave it to us um, <laughs> today. You have... Um, just reinforcing the importance of boundaries and ways that we can implement healthy boundaries and set ourselves up for success and um, able to thrive and do a lot of the self-healing work. You talk about that a lot. You're a self-healing educator. And Mm -hmm. I love that because like you've mentioned, um, self-healing is important because a lot of us don't have access to things like therapy or coaches and we feel like, oh, we're drowning. And when we have people like you and this information, it just makes the healing that much more accessible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that for us. And even sometimes um, as someone who I think has done some self-healing work, sometimes you get in therapy and you realize like, I've done a, I've done a lot. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like I've done a lot and maybe I can keep this additional $100 in my pocket. And if I stumble across, you know, an incident where... I do need some assistance. It's great if I have the resource, but if you don't, it's like that self-healing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And self-healing, I hope, I hope that it helps people. Like even if you are in therapy, you know, you, you go once a week or most people go twice a month, yeah. right? If you can. Yeah. Um, what's happened in the other 28 days? Right. Like that's where self-healing comes in because you, you have to be able, you want to be able to practice what you, what you're learning with your therapist or your coach, your spiritual healer, whoever it is outside of it. And so that's what I hope that that works. It fills that void. 
And especially if you can't afford therapy or coaching or anything like that, you don't want to have to wait to figure out why you're uncomfortable in your life until you can afford those things. You can start that work now. So yeah. Period. Don't put off today what you can do. What they say now, something like that. Whatever the saying is, y'all know what I mean. Stop procrastinating. (laughs) Do your work. Yes. Yasmin, this has been such a treat for us. um, Just speaking with you and getting all of your amazing knowledge. And we're so grateful and appreciative. Can you let our girls know where to find you, what you have going on and just how to connect with you? Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram uh, at Yasmin Cheyenne. And then if you're interested in diving into your self-healing work, you can download my app, the Sugar Jar Community app, which is free and paid. So it's free to download. You can do journal prompts and all that good stuff for free. Um, But there's also workshops. So yeah, those are the two places. We love that. Girls, you better get in on that app. Yes, and we'll have all of this information down in our show notes. Again, thank you, Yasmin, for joining us today. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes, girlies. We'll talk to y'all soon.